Welcome to this week's episode of Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. Yes, it's week three of the NFL preseason. It's the weekend that all fans across the nation have been waiting for to see what their team is going to look like in 2019. Yeah, week three is the week that most teams play their starters through the first half or deep into the first half, and many teams will play their starters to start the third quarter so they get a chance to come out of the locker room and get a feel for that. There are teams out there that have already announced that they won't play any of their bombers, their big players, their big guns at all in the preseason. Most of those usually are running backs and wide receivers, defensive backs, maybe a few linebackers, key pass rushers. But for the most part, the 32 teams are going to play their starters deep into the first half or through the first half. And we'll all get a chance to see the team that we're rooting for, what they're going to be like and what they're going to look like in this 100th anniversary 2019 NFL season. So everybody out there listening, get your team gear on, get your game face on, get your football parties ready, and for a half, or a little bit more than a half, you'll be able to root for your team and fantasize about going to Miami for this year's Super Bowl. This week's guests on Odds and Ends with Mike Tice are linebacker coach Bob Babich of the Buffalo Bills and defensive line coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Andre Patterson. We'll be back in a second with our interviews with those two extraordinary coaches. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather's clear, can do, can do, this guy says the horse can do, if he says the horse can do. Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice, and my next guest is a linebacker coach, friend of mine, worked together in Chicago with the Bears, Bob Babich. Uh, Bob Babich of the Buffalo Bills. Bob, how you doing? How's training camp? Did you guys break camp yet? Yeah, we, we broke camp. We're, we're getting ready to go into our third preseason game. So this is game plan week. And so we're on a regular work week. But we're back in Buffalo. And, um, you know, camp went great. Um, the guys practiced hard. Then we went down and we practiced with Carolina for two days before we played them in the second preseason game. So that was a great change up for us, and I think the guys really enjoyed it. So we're back home in Buffalo and uh, looking forward to the game this week. Yeah, and you guys played really well in that first quarter against Buffalo, uh, excuse me, against Carolina. You guys were up 17 nothing, had a pick six in there. You guys end up winning 27-14 to uh, remain undefeated in preseason. Beat Indy, of course, in the first game, 24-16. I want to talk about Coach McDermott for a second. You guys made the playoffs in 2017. Uh, You have Leslie Frazier, the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I know about being the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings as your defensive coordinator. You've, You've been a coordinator in this league, and to have you three guys on that defensive side of the ball really must make it fun to have all of that great knowledge in the room at the same time. Could you tell us a little bit about that, how that works and how that intertwines and how you guys make that happen? Well, uh, Mike, the first thing I want to talk about is Coach McDermott. I love working for Coach McDermott, and here's the reason why. I believe in everything he stands for. He's a very disciplined coach. He believes in hard work and playing fundamentally sound football and playing tough football. And, you know, it's just been a great experience and uh, to work with 
him that were running his defense, and I learned a lot of different things. But, Sean, it was very important for him to put together a staff uh, that he felt was experienced. But at the same time, we have some young guys that are up and coming, and they're smart guys. And, you know, the mix that he's put together has worked really well for us. Like you said, in 2017, we ended a 17-year uh, drought with the playoffs, and that was so much fun because the fans in Buffalo are just awesome. They're the best fans ever. And, uh, you know, it was great to reward those guys for the support that they've given the team for all these years. And, you know, it's, it's just been a great ride up until this point. Yeah, you guys were second last year, Bob, in uh, defense, total defense at the end of the 18th season. Defensively, you guys have been really right on it. Um, offensively, you've got some work to do. The quarterback played pretty well last week. That was exciting to see for you. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills fans, of which my sister Sheila, my older sister Sheila is one. She's lived in uh, Amherst her entire adult, adult oh, life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was up there to see her uh, uh, for my niece's wedding a few years ago and uh, got to see the Niagara Falls and eat some chicken wings and you know how it goes up there in <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> so a couple of exciting things going on. First, I want to talk about uh, the feeling of uh, pride and excitement and uh, everything you must have felt when Brian Erlacher asked you to introduce him into the Hall of Fame. Can you tell my fans, our fans, about that? Because that was quite an honor and something that I know must have touched you and and made you feel just great pride. Well, as you know, Mike, first of all, Brian is just a great, he's not only a great football player, but he's a great person. And it was such a humbling experience for me with all the people that it could have picked from. You know, he's had all kinds of great coaches, great friends, and uh, great teammates and family members. You know, to choose me was just such a humbling experience. But I was just so excited to do it. And, you know, being up there and uh, with him to unveil his bust was just a, a great, great experience. And to be around all those Hall of Famers. You know, for me, Sean was awesome. Coach McDermott was awesome. I went there, I think, for three or four days. I can't remember exactly. So I went through all the different um, functions with him and, you know, was around all the Hall of Famers. And it, it, it was just such a great experience. But, you know, the best thing of it was that I was so happy for Brian to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I definitely felt he deserved it. And for him to get it was just so exciting. You're exactly right, and the thing that you touched on about Brian, unless you've met him, you don't realize what a great person he is. In the three years that I worked with you guys at in Chicago, what a great person to be around, and what a lot of fun he is in practice. I really enjoyed being around him in practice, and you might have another one, though. You might have to do it again, because you have Lance Briggs, and Lance, uh, you know, is a, quite a player in his own right, in his own regard, and... You never know, Bob. Maybe you'll be the first one to introduce two people oh, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm going to go on record and say that me personally, I believe Lance is a Hall of Famer. And I think that, um, you know, hopefully, I think he's up in the, this next coming year that he's um, uh, a possibility. But I'm not sure about that. I don't know how many years he's been out. But I definitely believe the playmaking ability uh, that he had as an NFL player and the plays that he did make, you know, 
definitely give him a case for being a inductee to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And explosive, and what an explosive player he was. Oh, he, yeah. he was explosive. Expl- he was another fun one, Mike. Oh, he, he was fun to be around. Oh, Mike. Those two guys practice and oh, Peanut Tillman. Oh, what a great and, group. You know, all those guys. What a great group you had. It must be exciting. You're not the first one I've interviewed uh, that had this happen. I have one coming up tomorrow, and I had uh, or North Turner, and you're able to work with your son, Bobby. Bobby's the safety coach for the, for the Bills. And tell us what it's like for you and Nancy to be around him, be around the grandkids. It must be such a great sense of pride. I mean, you're on a roll right now, brother. <laughs> yeah, things are going really well. We love Buffalo. You know, as you mentioned, I work with my son, Bobby, and, you know, we're just so proud of him because, he, you know, me being around him every day, I'm fortunate enough to see what kind of coach he is in, in his profession, how he handles himself, and I'm proud. But he's also a great father. And, you know, for us, we live right around the corner from our grandchildren. Like, as you know, in, in this profession, that doesn't happen very often. No. So, you know, we see him in the spring every day when I go home. I stop by their house. I talk to them. They stay over our house all the time. It's it's just something that's unique in our profession. But as you mentioned, there are coaches that have the same thing going on. But um, it's it's definitely a joy. And my wife, Nancy, is just thrilled to death. She's just, you know, she's a nana. That's what they call her. Yeah. And she, she's actually she's actually a lunch lady at their school. So it, it's just the coolest thing. We're just so fortunate to be in this position. Oh, that must just make her so happy, old Nancy, the tennis player that she is. <laughs> her and Diane. Her and Diane. Yeah. So I, the champions of the doubles. Oh my goodness! Uh, listen, there's one stat I saw on you that just totally bewilders me. Offensive line coach at the Badgers in 1988. Yes, was, I was assistant offensive line coach. You oh. know, the other thing, Mike, that's not on there is that when I was the head coach at North Dakota State, the offensive coordinator and um, quarterback coach. So I got some offensive uh, experience. But I was the offensive assistant offensive line coach for two years in um, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. University of Wisconsin. In Madison, where my son Nate went. So let's get into what the fans want to hear about. They want to hear about the players. Let's talk about a couple of your top players, a couple of guys that are really standing out, and then talk about some of these backups and these young guys that might, might surprise. Let's start with Lorenzo Alexander. We had uh, 13 years out of Cal. We had Lorenzo in Oakland we, when we were there. What a great young man. We had a great family guy talking about family. Tell us a little bit about how he's really helped you guys elevate your pass rush over the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and Mike, not only he does a great job, he, he has a unique role. He's a, he's a linebacker and a 4-3 system in our base defense. And then in rushing situations, whether it be two-minute or third down, he get, he goes down to the defensive line and he's a pass rusher, which he does a great job at that. But in my room as a linebacker, smart guy, understands football, understands concepts, and on the sideline does a great job of um, communicating and helping out with the other players. So, and he's been very productive at both levels, at, as a defensive lineman rushing the uh, quarterback and as a linebacker. Last year he had a pick in the New England game when we played him. Our nickel wheel got hurt, and he ended up, he played nickel wheel linebacker. And, you know, just a jack-of-all-trades. And 
you know, just a pleasure to be around, as you mentioned. Very mature, um, just great character, great football character, great uh, off-the-field character, as you mentioned, a family man. And we just love his family, and we love him, and we love him being part of the Buffalo Bill. Great kind of person to have on your football team. He's just just a team guy, and he's going to bring around – he's going to bring up the play and the level of play and the – and the level of paying attention and learning of the players around him. Let's talk about the kid from uh, Virginia Tech, uh, not a kid, a grown man, Tremaine Edmonds. Last year, 80 tackles as a rookie. He's a big dude now. I watched him on tape yesterday. Tell us a little about, about Tremaine and what he brings to the table for the Buffalo Bills, Bob. You know, you weren't fall far off from calling him a kid. He's 21 years old. When we drafted him, he was 19. He played his whole rookie season at 20 years old. And uh, was our leading tackler on our football team, um, our Mike linebacker, the quarterback of the defense. And over the past season, he has just grown in that role. It, it was a role that he hadn't had in his past. You know, being the quarterback of the defense, he, did, he was a linebacker, but I don't believe he was the Mike, so we, we're just so happy. He's, you know, 6'4", 250 pounds, can run, has length, you know, 34-and-a-half-inch arms, and, you know, um, just his football character also is just fantastic. He's in the books. He's just – his dad is Farrell Edmonds that played tight end for the Dolphins and um, – And went to, Mar- went to Maryland. NFL team. Went to Maryland. Yeah. He's a Terp. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, Coach Tyson yeah. and his brother was a first-round pick with him. Oh. Okay? Nice. And uh, the same year, but with the Steelers, and his other brother plays running back for the Steelers. So they're quite the football family. And, um, you know, so he he's a, he has a great bloodline, but he came in there and he's earned the respect, the respect of the players. And his production has been really, really good and the leap that he's taken from his first year to the second year up until this point has been fantastic. Oh, and that's We're good for so the Bills. We're just so happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good that's for the Bills because he was pretty good last year as a rookie, <laughs> you know, running, yeah. running around there, just flying around as a rookie. And he's probably got a lot more knowledge now. And uh, I'm sure he's going to be better in, in coverage. And I know one thing, he comes downhill. And when he comes downhill, you better have your chin strap buckle if you're a running back. You have a kid named Matt Milano, a third year out of Boston College, number 58, plays the other linebacker spot for you guys. Uh, tell us a little bit about Matt and what he brings to the table, Bob. Well, Matt, you know, kind of played. He went to uh, Boston College as a safety, and then he kind of played like an uh, inverted uh, safety in right. a 4 2 5 defense. So he, he's another guy that wasn't in the box a whole lot. He came in as a rookie, started like seven or eight games. And then last year he had a really good year. He got injured the, like the 13th game of the season, 12th or 13th game. I can't remember exactly. But up until that point, he was very productive in big plays with uh, interceptions, recovered fumbles, you know, those type things. So that's something that we stress. And with he and Tremaine as young guys that are going to be around here for a long time, we're very excited about, uh, you know, the, the pair of linebackers that we have right now. 
Yeah, you should be. And uh, it looked like uh, in the last game you played and you, with your second wave of guys, you played uh, the Stanford kid, 51. Uh, you played a little bit of uh, 44, the Lacey kid, I think. Was, uh, where's he? A West yeah, Alabama Lacey kid, and, right. Um, yeah. Maurice Alexander and Voshawn Joseph. Right, right. Uh, rookie. Right, and how's how you know, how are those young kids doing? And who are the special? Well, who's the special teams you know, gurus out of that group, Bobby? Who's the special teams guys? Yeah, out of that? well, well, we just feel like those guys. You know, we have a mixture of some guys that have been in the league for a while, but they haven't been in our system. Maurice Alexander's been in the league for a while, played at Seattle and for the Rams, but he hasn't been. This is his first year in our system. Great special teams player. Our special teams coach loves him. So he did a good job. Julian Stanford, um, you know, is I think he's in his eighth year, but he's been a journeyman special teams player and just a great guy. You know, once again, great football character, great character off the field. Boson Joseph showed up in the, the game, uh, a rookie. You know, he's a young guy that, you know, because of his instincts, I think he was able to be productive in the game. Um, so we feel good about the depth that we have and, you know, as we get uh, into the next couple of weeks, you know, Mike, after that fourth preseason game, you hate making um, the cuts, but it's nature of the beast. And, you know, with the quarter, we, with the guys that we have, the six that we end up keeping, you know, we'll be real excited about. Yeah, and I really appreciate, I know you're busy, I got to let you get back to work, is I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate catching up with you. Good luck this week against the Lions. I think you're in Detroit. Yeah, you're in Detroit Friday. And then you open with the Jets. Jets are a little banged up uh, offensively uh, right now, so that's good for good for the Bills right now. And uh, I just want to say a shout-out. Uh, just a horrible tragedy. Uh, Daryl Drake, a, a coach and friend that you worked with for nine years in Chicago. Just a, a tragic uh, uh, deal to lose him. And uh, I know you're feeling it, and uh, God bless, and God bless Daryl and his family, and thanks for coming on, and please say hi to Nancy and uh, and the rest of the gang back there, please. I'll, I'll do this. Hey, Coach Tice, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it, and God bless Daryl. I mean, we love him. You know, it's a shame that he went as young as he did, but at 62 years young, you know, it was great talking to you, and anything I could ever do to help you out, I'm, I'm willing to do it, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. Stay healthy, and I'm really rooting for the Bills this year. And say hi to Bobby Johnson for me. I will do. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. My next guest is Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach of that really tough athletic an intense defensive line of the Minnesota Vikings. Andre, how you doing? I know you got to be happy that training camp is over. Yeah, well, first of all, Mike, it's great to talk with you, and, and I'm excited that uh, training camp is over, and it's going good. The guys are getting better, and they're working hard. Yeah, you got a good group there, and, uh, and we'll talk about those guys in a minute. But I want to talk about your career a little bit. 16 NFL seasons. This is your 16th year in the league. I think, uh, if I recollect, you come a long way from being at Renton High School here in Washington from 83 to 86. I mean, that's been such a, a career start to start at that level, a high school level, and work your way all the way up. You must have some great memories of your 
of your of rise and and the way it's gotten to where it's at right now is being one of the top elite defensive line coaches in the league. Could you tell us a little bit about that career? Yeah, you know it, it's it's been fun, Mike. You know my my first coaching job was at uh, Wren High School, and I worked under Terry Ennis, you know, who's in the High School Hall of Fame there, and that was a great great experience for me. And and uh, you know he taught me to to work on technique and fundamentals, and I've kind of carried what I l- learned from him through my whole coaching career. You know, it's been kind of funny. You know, I was a I was a head women's softball coach back there, and. Uh, every time we come back to play Seattle, a bunch of my old softball girls who are now, you know, obviously grown women and some have grandkids now, they come back to see me uh, when we play the Seahawks. And it's kind of funny to to be around them and they become high school girls all over again and, and they see me as uh, as Coach P all over again. So that's kind of been funny to, to, to experience that with them. But, um, you know, I've enjoyed the ride and I've been around some great coaches through my career and, you know, working with guys like you here in Minnesota, and, you know, and Danny Green and Pete Carroll and Butch Davis. And, you know, it, it was just, it's been a great ride for me and I've learned a lot every place I've been. Well, and watching your players play, you've done a great job wherever you've been of having your players play with that, that great intensity, that relentlessness of never stopping and never trying to, uh, never not trying to get to the quarterback or getting to that running back. And my, that's a tribute to you, and that's a tribute to the way that you teach your players and the respect that your players have for you, and I want to congratulate you on that. But let's, let's segue over to how exciting it is to have – Little AC, I say little because I remember when he was a little little AC Patterson as the offensive quality control coach on the Minnesota Vikings staff. You're the third coach I've talked to uh, on this show uh, that had their son uh, on the staff. Tell us a little bit of how exciting that is for you, and not only for you but for your wife Donna. Oh, it's 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 outstanding, you know, to to be able to see him, you know, every day when I come in here to work and 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 I tell you, here's the biggest thing, Mike, is, is to is to watch him work. That 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 that's the part that that makes you a proud father to see him work and and to see him out there on his own and, and uh, trying to find his way and uh, and and building as a coach has just been outstanding. And and obviously for my wife, it's just been the best because. You know him being in college and being away from us, and then being a college coach for four years in Portland. You know we we probably get to see him once a year. You know so now we get to have family dinners on Sunday, and you know so it's been a great experience, and and uh, I'm very very thankful that uh, you know that Coach Zimmer hired him and, and that he's a part of our coaching staff. Well, again, another tribute to you. I mean, for him for AC to have that work ethic, it only comes from the parents, and that's how they learn, and it comes from their coaches too. I understand that. But you guys have had a lot, you and Don have had a lot to do with that, and I want to congratulate you on that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. But I also want to congratulate you on your defense. Uh, Third year in a row in the top five in the NFL, uh, number four in the NFL last year in total defense, and number four, more importantly to me, uh, uh, is in scoring defense. You led the league two straight years, 17 and 18, in third down defense. That's phenomenal. That's a great run. And looking at the depth, and we'll get to talk about the players here in a second because I know that's what the fans can't wait for. 
is is you guys are going to be maybe better this year. Could you tell us a little bit about the overall defense, and then we'll break down your players here in a sec. Yeah, you know, I I think we do have an opportunity to be better this season. Um, you know, we got a lot of guys that have been here with us the whole you know five six years that we've been here. So you know, they understand the defense, they understand the philosophy of the defense, but I think most importantly, they understand the standard, you know, that we have and how we work every day, how we handle ourselves in meetings, uh, you know, how we go through practice. And so they help us as coaches bring the young guys along, which which allows you to to gain more depth. Um, and, I, and I tell you, Mike, a big piece was bringing Shamar Stephan back. You know, we had him here the 17, uh, the, the season in 17. You know, we were the number one ranked defense in the league, number two against uh, uh, Russian defense. Um, you know, we broke the all-time record for third down defense, and he was a big, big part of that. And, you know, he went free agency to Seattle a year ago, and us getting him back, you know, I think is going to help us tremendously. Yeah, and of course, uh, Dre, for all you fans out there, is talking about Shamar Stephan, uh, the sixth year, I believe, player out of the University of Connecticut, of all places, right? But, yes. but the, alongside him, alongside him, you have a couple doggone good starters. You got the, the stud at left end or, or at end, Daniel Hunter. He had 14, 14, 14 and a half sacks last year. You have Linville Joseph, who. I always, when we played your group there, hated to play against because he is a monster inside. And then Everson Griffin, who's had a tremendous career. I saw you rested Shamar and Linville uh, last week and brought a couple young guys in. But tell us about the rest of that starting group, if if those are the guys still starting for you. Yeah, no, that's our starting group. And, you know, Daniil, you know, was a third-round pick that we took from LSU you know, that came in really raw and everybody said was a track guy, you know, tremendous athlete, but people didn't think he was a football player. And, you know, and he's coming here and he's listened to every word I, I've said to him and he's, you know, bust his tail every day. And in my opinion, I think he's one of the top four or five, you know, defensive ends in the National Football League. Long, fast, quick, athletic. I mean, he's got all the things. If you were gonna, if you were gonna draw up what you wanted a defensive end to look like and the skill set you wanted him to have, you know, he's got it all. Um, you know, Everson, you know, had never started until we came in here five years ago and uh, worked his tail off to be a three-time Pro Bowler. So, you know, those two ends do a great job of playing a run, but most importantly. You know, they affect the quarterback. And, and, and in my opinion, I think Linville Joseph is the best nose guard in the league. You know, big, strong, physical. But the thing that, to me, that that puts him to another level than everybody else for a 340-pound man, he can run. You know, you see him make plays from sideline to sideline. And, you know, most nose tackles don't do that. So, you know, having that core still here and still together – and I think is the is the beginning part of what makes our defense successful because it allows Kendricks and Barr just to run and make plays from sideline to sideline. Yes, and and that's that's what they do too. They make plays from sideline to sideline. That safety's not bad either, is he? No, uh, he's a good player. <laughs> that Lin, Linville Joseph, uh, boy, I, when we had the game plan, you guys, I I really made sure that we had one and a half guys on him inside and big passing downs because he gets that push and he makes it hard on the quarterback to stay. Up. Will those two inside guys play this week? Uh, or if you if you can't say, don't worry about um, it. But. No, you know this this was the first week that uh, 
that Limbo has been able to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had a little surgery, and uh, so this is the first week that he's practiced team periods. He's gone through individual with me the whole time, but this is the first week that he's gone through team periods, so um, he, I, he won't play. Um, Shamar started back practicing last week. He got more reps uh, in practice this week, and we're supposed to make the, the, the decision at our, at our staff meeting tomorrow whether he's going to go or not. But I, I think he's good enough to go, and, and I'd like to see him get out there and get a handful of plays. Yeah, and then last week, so for, for those guys, uh, Jalen Holmes, 92, and, and Jalil, Jalil Johnson, is that how you say it? From the kid, yeah, Jalil Johnson. Yeah, the kid from Iowa. They played a lot last yeah. week, so that's good for them, those two young guys, to get in there and mix it up and, and play a little bit. And Tell us a little bit about those guys. I'm sure the fans want to hear how you feel about those two kids. Well, you know, it's really kind of been a blessing in disguise that, you know, that those two you know, older guys haven't, haven't got to play because um, – you know, Jaleel and Jalen Holmes and uh, Hercules Mataafa from Washington State right. uh, have have got to play a lot, and they've 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 improved by leaps and bounds by being able to play. You know, going up against our number one offense every day, going against the other team's number ones in the first two preseason games. So it's helped them improve a lot. But I think most importantly, Mike, as you know. It gives us a true evaluation of those guys, yes. you know, because sometimes you only get to see them against twos and threes in preseason, and the guy makes plays, and then he goes against a, a real guy, and he's not that guy anymore, right. you know. Then you can't find him on tape, right? Exactly right. You yeah. can, so, the, so the the good thing is, all three of those guys have got to go against two teams, you know, number one offensive line, and we've seen them make plays. But on the same hand, it's helped me see the things that I have to keep working with on them to to get them to continue to improve. So. It's really been a blessing in disguise for those guys and, and for me that they've had an opportunity to play early in games instead of playing, you know, in the third and fourth quarter against guys that aren't going to make it in the NFL. Yeah, and that's, as a coach, as you're talking about, Dre, it's so helpful to have that tape because nothing, nothing's better than looking at the tape because the tape doesn't lie, does it? No question. And then no a cu- question. Yeah, and you got a couple of uh, your depth is amazing. You got a couple of defensive ends, uh, Stefan Weather- Weatherly, the kid from Vandy, and then the kid that had the two really good plays in a row, uh, Fetty uh, Odenibo. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Afadi. Yeah, yeah, Afadi yeah, mm-hmm. Odenibo. Uh, he had uh, a holding call. You guys were a little bit. They were a little bit backed up. The Seahawks. You had he had a holding call and boom, he comes back the next play. Nice pass rush up the right side and got that sack there in the second quarter. Uh, I put that clip out there on Twitter and uh, we got a lot of response from the fans. But he had a n- nice couple plays in a row. Tell the fans a little bit about those two guys because those are pretty two pretty good young players. Yeah, and and, and they're both. You know, they both were seventh round picks. You know, we took wow. Steven in the seventh round out of out of Vandy three years ago, if I'm correct, uh, and uh, and he was an outside linebacker at Vandy, and you'll love this story. I'm at the combine, and the D line has finished working out, and I couldn't get a flight out early enough, so I stayed and watched the linebackers work out, and I see this tall, long guy run four or five, and I'm like, that dude doesn't look like a linebacker; he looks like a defensive end. Yeah. 
And so I waited for the workout to be over, and I ran down the hallway and caught him and uh, talked to him and got his information and then came back and threw on the tape. And he's playing outside linebacker and inside linebacker. And then I called him on the phone and said, hey, have you ever, did you ever play defensive end? He goes, well, I was a defensive end in high school. In my first two years at Vandy, I was a defensive end. And then the new coaching staff came in, and they made me an outside linebacker. So I went and got the tape from back then. And I was begging our front offices to, to draft this guy from the fifth round on. And we finally took him in the seventh round. And, and uh, he worked real hard to change his body to look like a defensive end. And, you know, last year was a breakout year. You know, when Everson missed the five games, you know, he went in there and started and played his tail off for me uh, a year uh, a year ago. And then Afadi was a seventh-round pick out of uh, Northwestern. Uh, that has really good speed and explosive power, but you know, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. You no know, football, it didn't, you know, it didn't come easy for him because he's from a different country, and uh, he's really worked his tail off here over these over these last two years to bring his game where it, where it is today. And I think he's one of my young guys that are really going to turn the corner and uh, and uh, play really well for me this year. And, and I agree with that, and I, and I can relate to that because remember. I had Big Dave Dixon from New England, uh, from New England, right. from New Zealand, and you right. have you have a Foddy, and neither one of those two kids grew up playing Sandlot football, did they? Right. Yes. Yeah, so, no, so, so they learned all their stuff as young adults, and what a great job you've done with that group, Dre. And uh, I know, and, and don't lie to me now, but maybe you don't, you can't say. I know you're out there looking at that tape of AZ, and uh, you got Arizona this week, correct? Oh yeah. And you're licking your chops. <laughs> <laughs> because because if I were you and I were your dogs, they're going to go eat this week, boy, because they're going to go well, out there and get them some. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you now. Me and you are boys, so I tell you the truth. I'm really kind of worried because I know that they haven't showed everything that they that yeah. they that they got. You know what I mean? I know they haven't showed everything that they got, and so you know, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to I'm having to make some adjustments on the sideline through the course of the game and and do those kind of things to to help us be able to play well. But um, you know, but you know, I just think the biggest thing is is, is we guys got to go out there and be us and and play the way we play and play up to our standard and everything will be okay. Well, yeah, I think everything will be okay. I'm really pulling for you guys. Say hi. I'm going to let you go because I know you're doggone busy. Is, uh, say hi to everybody back there. You know I love Minnesota and, and, and all the people back there. Say hi to everybody. Good luck this week. Stay healthy, okay? Uh, say hey to AC for me. Say hey to Donna. Have a great week and have a great season. Let's catch up down the road. Well, hey, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you. You know, I every time I hear our, hear our song, I think of you every time now. It comes on the radio. Mike Tyson's the first one that comes to my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, man. All right, be good, man. Have a you good one. You too. All right, bro. All right. All right, bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. I'd like to thank my guest Bob Babich of the Buffalo Bills and Andre Patterson of the Minnesota Vikings for taking time to talk about their players this most important third preseason game week. Also, don't forget tomorrow, Fast Friday on Odds and Ends, we'll have on Drayden Van Dyke, the second leading rider at the Del Mar meet in San Diego, California. Let's hear what he's got to say about his start in the thoroughbred horse racing business. And let's see if I can get back on track tomorrow on Fast Friday when I give out three horses on the Run Happy Travers Day card at Saratoga. 
If you have any thoughts or comments, we'd like to hear them. Tweet us at odds and ends pod. That's O-D-D-S-N-E-N-D-S pod. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.